Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 968, my conversation with Christopher Dedian, and we're discussing peak performance. I hope you enjoy. G'day, Chris. Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here today. Thank you very much, Lee. Really looking forward to our conversation. I can already tell this is going to be a high-energy conversation just by our, our pre-introduction there. You've got a lot of energy. Well, thank you. You're definitely not the only person that's told me that. I do have a lot of energy. I just, I just love having high energy and just playing full out in life, essentially. Lots of um, Red Bull or what is it? Just natural. A lot of hyperactivity. Oh, I guess I was blessed or not blessed. I'm diagnosed hyperactive, so it's a part of that. No, no Red Bull. This is all natural. You've got, a, you've got an amazing, yeah, natural sense of energy, which is, is great, isn't it, in many ways? It probably um, annoyed your teachers when you were growing up. <laughs> exactly. If you ask my teachers, probably it's a different question, but as you grow older, you utilize it in a proper way, and then you just have a lot of energy to accomplish a lot of things within your day. So I definitely see it as a positive. I don't know about my teachers, but now I definitely see it as a positive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Man. I, I, I love it, and I think people... Like just listening to your energy, it's, it's very contagious and um, it's five o'clock in the morning here and certainly I can feel that energy coming through the the, uh, the speaker here on my earphones and it's it's um, catching on a little bit. So that's good. That's good. I love it. I love it. So tell us a bit about yourself, Chris. What are you, um, what are you doing? Absolutely, Lee. So I'm actually a professional speaker, peak performance business and life coach, and a learning disability advocate. So that's essentially my title. Everything I do within my business and my brand and my my colleagues and everybody that I work with, from CEOs to entrepreneurs to intrapreneurs, is to get them to go to the next level, to really live their peak performance life. And I thoroughly believe everybody has that within them. All we have to do essentially is awaken it, give them the proper knowledge, utilize that knowledge at a consistent rate, and they become peak performing individuals, not only in business, but in their personal life as well. So that's essentially the, the scheme of what I do. Yeah, I love it. What, um, you said disability advocate or personal disability advocate? Absolutely. So learning disability What's that about? advocate. Learning disability so, advocate. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. So uh, a bit like we started off in the beginning call, we said I was hyperactive and I was actually diagnosed as it. So at a very young age, my parents noticed that uh, school was a bit more difficult for me. So they got me diagnosed or they got me tested. And then I got diagnosed at eight years old with dyslexia, dysgraphia and ADHD. So that's the hyperactivity side. So that's where that aspect, the advocate side comes into play. Now I do works with the Ministry of Education from where I'm at in Canada to help you know, reform and change the education system. I'm the president of my alumni association for a school that was specialized and still is specialized to serve students that have learning disabilities. So that's something I really talk about. I try to help others and I try to teach not only young generation, but entrepreneurs that have dyslexia and having a hard time dealing with it or living with it or not knowing how to utilize it to their advantage as entrepreneurs in itself. So that's everything that I do with the philanthropy side of things when it comes to learning disabilities and dyslexia more specifically. Nice. I like it. Yeah, connection to your journey as well. How did you find, um, find that growing up with that learning disability? So yeah, that, that's a great question, Lee. Uh, it's definitely a it's it's a different relationship now what do i mean by that when you're young at eight years old getting told by your parents you have dyslexia and we're going to take you out of the school that you are right now and you're going to go into a specialized school all you understand at eight years old is that i'm losing my friends and i'm going to a school that is different now at eight years mm. old you don't want that like it's, yeah. it's something that you don't want to know 
Hmm. Definitely in there. Yeah, definitely. And then once you get older, and I got into that school that specialized with the proper teachers, with the, with the proper speech therapists, I really understood that I wasn't alone within this learning disability journey. There's other kids like me. I started understanding it. I started understanding how to learn because the reality matter is it's just a different form of learning. So then I started understanding it. Then after that, when I got out of school with great grades and all that stuff, because I worked my face off essentially to get that because it wasn't given to me, it wasn't easy, I was ashamed of it. Going into the uh, professional field, I didn't want to mention it because I was like, oh my God, people might think I'm not smart or I can't do this, I can't do that. I didn't know. As I went through that process, now I realize that it is one of my greatest strengths. There's mm. so many things that dyslexia subconsciously and consciously has taught me throughout my whole adulthood. And now, it, like I said, it's a skill set that I utilize as an entrepreneur, as a CEO of Dedian Enterprises that I've cultivated throughout my whole life being dyslexic. So it definitely is a journey. In the beginning, you're not too sure. Now I'm extremely proud about it. This is why I talk about it because I know that there is kids or probably one of your listeners has a kid that has dyslexia or any type of learning disabilities. And wherever they are within their journey, they're living something different. I just want to mm. see that there is the light at the end of the tunnel. All you have to do is properly structure this, this kid, this person, or anybody that has learning disabilities, teach them how to learn and understand that they have to put in the work. But everything they're going through, it's going to help them out to the future, yeah. essentially. I love the, um, the idea of a, a potential weakness that could be seen as a, a limitation can be turned around into a much, much bigger strength. Uh, in life, and then not just in in your you know with dyslexia and learning disabilities, but in anything we do. And you often see people out there that have something that they've really struggled with, but they've just kept persevering and and persisting, and they've overcome it. And through that journey, they've grown um, you know many many skills and strengths to then um, help others do the same. And they become so passionate about it. I love that, Lee. You're spot on with that. And just like you guys have probably already heard. You know, diamonds are not created out of fluffiness. They're created out of friction and pressure. So once you're going through a difficult period, mm. that's the universe preparing you for another level. Now, granted, when you're going through that difficult moment, you probably don't understand it. You're maybe even saying, why me? But the question is not why me. It's why is this happening to me? Learn something from it. And it's easier to really look at it once it's done, look back and like, oh, my God, this is what I need to learn from it. But absolutely spot on, Lee, when you were saying – Anybody that's going through a difficult moment, it is just a learning opportunity and the universe in itself is preparing you for your next version, for your next level. Yeah, absolutely. You think a lot of people get to that that friction and that's when they stop, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Not a lot of people. I'm probably going to say most people, unfortunately. Most people, yeah. They they don't know what's on the other side. They haven't created that mindset just to be relentless and resilient. It really does need like relentlessness. And when we're talking about, like I said, my dyslexia, what things that I've learned that I've translated into business, the reason why I'm a successful business person is because at a very young age with dyslexia, I failed over and over again. But then I realized all I have to do is continue. It doesn't matter how many times I fail the test, but if I keep on taking a test, at a certain point, I'm going to pass it. And that's what business is. If you stop at the first failure, second failure, third failure, you're just not going to succeed. But if you keep on pushing, doesn't matter if you're smart, good, whatever, you are going to succeed. It's just Murphy's Law. At a certain point, it's going to work out for you. Yeah, I love it. Um, and that's, I think, what, you know, we get to that, that point of friction and then there's fear that turns us off or it's just too difficult. We don't know the way forward. Perhaps we start telling us a story about, our, you know, um, how you know, pathetic we are or whatever it might be. 
Um, for you, looking back yeah. at, at going through that, because I think a big part of it is having that that environment around us of support. You know, the people that are there for us. Certainly, our parents, um, but indirectly or less directly, you know, people outside our, our world as well that are there to support us. And a lot of people probably don't have that. Hundred percent. You're absolutely right. You have to have the proper support around you. And if the support is not there, you are going to create that support. Especially mm. now knowledge, we have that accessibility towards yeah. great podcasts, towards books, towards mentors, towards YouTube channels, whatever the case is. If your environment doesn't like conduce the positive mindset that you need, go get it otherwise. As you level up, then you will attract the people that are vibrating at the same level as you. So it is your decision. Mm. And one thing you mentioned as well, on a little rant here, Lee, you mentioned people are afraid and maybe they step, step back. But the reality of the matter is you have to really put a distinction on afraid and danger because there's an actual distinction. Okay. Fear is good. You have to go towards it because fear is pushing you out of your comfort zone and you're growing. Now, when I talk about fear and danger, you have to understand danger is real. I'm not saying jump off a cliff and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to grow. I'm going to get out of my, my comfort zone. No, no, don't be jumping off a cliff because that's dangerous. But maybe invest in yourself. Maybe hire that employee that you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to stretch myself a bit thin. But, oh, it's an investment. Oh, maybe hire that coach. Maybe go to that seminar, whatever the case is. So always go towards fear because your fear is actually talking to you in a positive way. You just have to change your perspective of fear. Don't run away from fear. It's fear is essentially calling you towards your greatness. Do you think um, if we feel fear, um, the more intense that fear, the more a sign it is that we should be acting on it? Yes. Do you think so? That's exactly what I'm saying. 100%. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, once again, there's a distinction between fear and danger. But if you are afraid of something, it's because it's the universe calling you to be like, hey, you need to level up. And usually the fear is, oh, my God, should I do this new business venture? Oh, my God, uh, I'm not sure if I'm good enough to go to the gym and do this. Oh, I'm not sure if I could sign up for this marathon. I'm not sure if this girl finds me cute. Should I go say hi? That's what fear is. Yeah, yeah. I do remember um, public speaking is something that I've always had this this nervousness behind, um, but I, I do love it. Um, and you, you can probably relate um, as a speaker yourself. Maybe you're a bit more of a natural speaker, but I think everyone has this little bit of fear there. But I remember someone saying to me once, when you're nervous um, before getting up to speak and you're sort of a bit sweaty and even though you've done it many times before, it's a really good sign that you, you care about what you do and a really good sign that you should keep continue. Lee, hundred percent. And do you permit actually, if I give you a little insight on that aspect, because I would Please love do. to support you with your public speaking over here. So let's, let's talk about your fear before going on stage. You're saying what happens to your body? Your your palms are get a bit sweaty, right? Yeah, I'd actually, I probably don't get sweaty myself, but <laughs> I do okay, get okay, well, like your palms, your palms, your hands. Let's just right? say my so hands get sweaty. Yeah, your hands get sweaty. Maybe your heartbeat gets a bit faster, right? Hmm. Okay, maybe you start speaking a bit faster, right? Like you, this is what's happening. Now, what happens when you're excited? Does your palm get sweaty when you're excited? Does your heart beat a bit more? Do you mm. maybe speak a bit faster when you're passionate and going on rants? Mm. Now, what I'm correlating here, Lee, is just a matter of perception. You're feeling the same things you're feeling, either you're at fear or you're excited. Yeah, so if you fair. just shift your mindset from, hey, I'm not afraid, I'm just excited about this, it's completely normal to have those butterflies. And not only that, it's going to help you perform so much better on stage because you're not looking at it, I'm afraid, but you're looking at it, I'm excited. Because when you go on stage, the reality of the matter is you're offering your gift, Lee, 
You're offering everything that you've learned for throughout your whole life, and you're going on stage and just giving it to this beautiful soul within that that room that you're you're serving. That's yeah. the way you see perception. And when you change that, it's not at all about oh my god, are people going to judge me? It's about what can I give as a gift to these people? You're bringing mm. value. Mm. Is that something that you have to to train yourself to do, or is speaking something that you've just been able to get up and, and do it? You've always been excited about it. So that is a great question, Lee. And to be quite honest, I, uh, once again, when I'm saying that kind of life guides you towards certain direction, my life has been guiding me to become a professional speaker my whole life without even knowing. The first time I went on stage, actually the first time, I really found like, oh, this is my calling. And I shifted everything to do that. Now, granted, even though it is my calling and I do believe that I have certain uh, acumens as a speaker, it's still something that I refine every single day. It's still something I work on every single day. So that process for me was a bit different, but for sure, like I said, the palm sweaty, the heart beating, you still get that every single time. But for me, I translate that to excitement. Like I'm literally excited about it. Mm. So that's when it kind of happened. I love it. I love it. And I think that's a great, great thing to do, like to, to change your, your mindset or your, your perception of what you're actually doing and, Rather than saying, oh, it's, I'm nervous or whatever, saying I'm excited about this. This is great. I'm actually going to offer some value here. 100%. Life and, is just and, a question. And, and turn it around, even in that sense. Like you're, you're sort of then turning it around and you're taking the focus of yourself and, and perhaps putting it on the audience. That, that is exactly it. Here's the thing. Human beings put too much perception on themselves. Like nobody cares about you. There's a yeah. lot more people in the room and they're there to get value. So if you change your perception towards, oh my God, are they going to look at me? Are they going to think I'm this, I'm that? Is there food in my mouth and my teeth, whatever? Instead of thinking about all that, you're like, hey, what can I do to serve these people? You're going to vibrate at a different level. You're going to give them the content at a different level and they're going to receive it at a different level. So it's always a question of perception and putting the first thing first to know what you're there for. How can I make this about them, not me? 100%. It always How do you is. do that? How do you do that in business? Because in business, it's easy to get in there, and you know, probably as a sales professional, you probably deal with many, many biz- people in business and, and coach them. Yes. But often, when they yes. come out there, they, you know, people ask you questions, and then people start talking about themselves naturally. But as a, as a business person, um, it, it can get be, you can get carried away talking about yourself and your business, and and therefore making it less about potential your client. Hundred percent. So. When it comes to, if you're talking about selling particularly here, Mm. my definition of selling is asking questions. Selling isn't telling. I'm not here going to sell my product. I'm going to ask questions. So you always make it about them. If you ask the proper questions, the person that you're selling is actually going to sell themselves. If I'm selling a coaching product right now and I'm going to ask them, how much did you make last year? What is your goal this year? What do you think you've been doing last year that you didn't do this year? What can we do different for you to go to the next level? All I'm doing is asking questions and I'm gently guiding them towards, hey, what you need is a peak performance business coach by your side that's going to help you go to the next level. That's when they're going to realize it by the questions. I'm not telling them, hey, sign up to my coaching program. I get my clients from X to Y. They make this much money after working with me, so on and so forth. No, that's not sexy. That's not at all what they want. What we want to do is get them to ask the right question. Sorry, get us to ask the right question so they could get answer those questions, and it's going to direct them to the answer that they actually need. And we're going to get so much more insight on who they are as a person than just selling to sell. That's not the way to go about it. It's always about what is the value you want to bring here. Yeah, yeah, and you can only do that by asking those questions. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You could only do that with that. 
So with um with peak performance, let's let's get into this um, because I don't think anyone out there listening to this podcast would be sitting back and going, oh, no, I'm fine where I am." Um, everyone wants to continually improve, yeah. particularly the listeners yes. to this podcast. They're they're entrepreneurial in nature. They're driven. They want to improve themselves. It's a personal, you know, improvement podcast essentially. So they they you know without a doubt want to increase their productivity, but. Where do we start with increasing our productivity? Is it about productivity hacks or is it, is it more deeper than that or is it a combination of the two? So it's a very vast question and I would actually bring it back completely from the beginning. Even before productivity, the first thing we have to look at is massive clarity. You have to have massive clarity where you're going. Yeah. What's the goal where we're going towards? Now, once you have that massive clarity, then the productivity is going to come in so much easier because you're going to know what is the next step you need to do. Yeah, Usually so that massive clarity, that's, that's the deeper level stuff that we're talking about, yeah? Well, that's the because first thing. How can you be productive if you don't actually know what you're doing? Exactly. So a lot of people have that, like, that, that control. Now, obviously, we could break it down towards setting your goals, setting your goals, bringing it down to a daily level so you know every single day what you need to do, then trimester, then understanding, hey, is this task something I need to do or is it something I need to delegate? Is it something I need to do right now or is it something I could schedule later on in the week? Is this a task that I, could, I should completely eliminate? Those are little tricks and hacks that we could definitely go into, but the basis of it, the basis of it is having clarity on what your goal is, what your mission is, what your vision is, and then what is your goal and mission and your task within the organization. Like me as the, as the, the CEO of Data and Enterprises, there's four main things that I do. It's yeah. either I'm on stage speaking, either I'm coaching towards one-on-one or my group coaching, either I'm creating content, so on my YouTube channel and take that YouTube and we break it down to all of my other social media, or I'm playing the role of the CEO of Data and Enterprises. Anything other than those four things, I delegate. So once I do my YouTube video, I don't want to edit it. I have somebody that edits it. My social media, I'm there, but I have a team that's helping me as well because I understand where my talent lies. And I hire people that are great in their own righteousness to do the same thing. Now, the main thing when we're talking about getting these people and like helping out with this is that they're not working for me or Denon Enterprises. They're working for the mission and vision of my organization. And these people have the same mission and vision. As they work for the same mission and vision, we're going to go so much more further with so much more love, so much more empathy, and so much more success as a community. Mm. So that's the way to kind of break it apart. It's going to help your productivity by knowing what you need to do, what you don't need to do. Because usually when people say productivity, it's because they're pushing away things that they don't want to do. But productivity is kind of talking to you. If you don't want to do this, it's because that's not probably what you should be doing with the organization. Yeah. So it's not a question of how to do it. It's a question of who is going to do it best. So it's not a question of how, it's a question of who. Hmm. With the, um, the mission and the vision, I mean, that's really important. And again, that's about that sense of clarity. And, and I guess going to a more micro sort of level, because it's easy to say, look, you know, as an entrepreneur or business owner, you've got people that you can rely on and people that you can um, push stuff to, to to help balance out your strengths, weaknesses, etc. But as an individual sitting back, looking to improve their performance, it's still very much relevant, that, that whole clarity piece and, and knowing why you do what you do. And if you don't have that, I think it's very hard to find the energy which is linked to having that level of productivity you need to have peak performance. 100%. You're spot on, Lee. It's that clarity because once you know that clarity, once you have it structured, then everything you do is predicated on that. 
What time yeah. you wake up is predicated on your clarity. How much you work is predicated on your on your clarity. If you have a family or not, it's predicated on your clarity. You just have to have massive clarity. And this clarity is not only like, hey, I did it once and it's done. No, it's something that you consistently do. Because as you get older, as the company evolves, as you evolve, your clarity will change with it as well. When yeah. you were younger, maybe you wanted to buy a Porsche, now you have the money to buy it, and you're like, yo, I'm not gonna sit down. A Porsche is super uncomfortable. Let me get, let me get something more comfortable. It changes. So you always have to be evaluating yourself and really looking at what is the clarity that I need for this particular moment within my life. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this clarity piece. I mean, it's, um, and I think this is why a lot of people perhaps uh, aren't satisfied with their, their life because they they don't have that clarity. And because of that, they're not really living um, with, with a purpose that makes sense to them. Yeah. Uh, and I've certainly yes. been there and, and I have passion for what I do now, um, beyond doubt. Um, how do we find that clarity um, to get us started? Is it is it about doing some inner searching? Is it writing down our values? I mean, what, what do you suggest to people? So definitely if we're talking about clarity or passion here, there definitely is like a slight difference between both of them. But what I think what we're going at over here is more on the passion side of things and how to find it or how to find your purpose even we could say. And honestly, it's like you said, it's inside soul searching a lot. Second thing is trying many things, seeing what really resonates with you. And if you find something that you're doing and you would do it for free and you enjoy it, like Lee, I'm sure you started this podcast and before you made any money with it or before you got any like solid speakers on it or whatever, you were doing it for free for a very long time, but you were enjoying it. This is a part of your passion. It it, it still is. It still is very much that. It still is. So this is what we're talking about. Now in the future, God willing, is going to bring you a lot of money and so on and so forth. But you've done it for so long for free because you've loved it. So try to find activities that you would do for free and you enjoy it start playing with there then you'll find your passion try many things because it could be more than one but all of this comes back to looking yourself in the mirror taking time by yourself and really looking at what do i like what do i not like look at your values look at your goals look at your ambitions as you do that life gradually pushes you towards the right direction look at the look omens of life like life speaks to you so much more than you would perceive but it's for you to really thought out what you're trying to say understand what you're trying to understand and go towards it and see, oh, was this right or was this wrong? So with, with all that being said, I mean, the, the, the fundamental piece behind all that is having that, that level of clarity or awareness, I suppose. Um, what, what, what things do you do to maintain that level of clarity? So what do I do to maintain that clarity for me is essentially every single morning I have a, like, a solid morning uh, ritual from like waking up at 4 a.m. and the whole nine. And at a part of my uh, morning ritual, I have reading my, uh, my, my goal for the, the gear. So my, so you, you get up at four o'clock. Let's just break this down yeah. a little bit. Get up at four o'clock. The first thing you do when you get up, what is it? Reading your goal. Yeah. So I'll tell you right now about my full morning ritual. So I wake up at yeah. 4 a.m., yeah. make my bed, then uh, go wash up real quick. And then I meditate anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes. What so sort of meditation do you do? So I do, I mix it up depending what, where, like what I'm, I, my body feels it needs. So it's a mix of Vipassana, which is essentially scanning the body, understanding what's happening within. Yeah, I do some work with my chakras as well. Uh, so it really depends what, what I'm looking for. Okay. But most of the things that I do is Vipassana or Anapana uh, breathing, which is essentially basic of it is I just am aware of my breathing. Like if anybody doesn't know meditation, just sit down and just follow your breath because your breath That's is your breath. 
is, yeah. is your bridge between your inner self and your outer self. So just that in itself. So I do that for 15, 20 minutes. You've been so doing this for about, some years now? Or? I've been doing this for several years now. And how it started, actually, we didn't even kind of talk about this, but essentially before being a speaker and a coach, I was a real estate broker and succeeding extremely well in my early to mid-20s. And then I realized that my emotional state was all over the place. If I lost a transaction, uh, I was all over the place. If I, if I got a huge sale, I was all over the place. And I'm like, wait a minute. I knew that I was going to succeed. I knew that I was going to make a significant amount of money. But I'm like, if I'm going to do that and not be a, a well-rounded person, be an angry person, I'm like, that's not what I want. So I started looking into what do I need to do to control that. And meditation is what I found. Hmm. And I've been doing this for several years uh, two years ago, I did a 10-day uh, silent meditative retreat, which I did over 100 hours of meditating in 10 days. Uh, so, yeah, I've been I've been doing my, my fair share of meditating. Obviously, still I still consider myself a beginner. I feel like this is like a whole life journey in meditating, but it's been helping me immensely. But not only me, I get my clients to do it. People have never done it before, and they see immense amount of progress within their lives. And not only like as an emotional side of things, but in business as well, like neuroplasticity is a real thing. Like neuroscientists in the last decade have proven that by doing meditation, you are restructuring your mind, your emotions, which help you out immensely in business and taking the right decisions. Now I could rant about this until tomorrow morning. I'm just going to invite your <laughs> listeners to go do a little research about it. Go check out Dr. Joel Dispenza. Everything that he does with this, uh, these research is just mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. So the meditation practice, um, yeah, definitely. And, and we've talked about this on plenty on the podcast. So the listeners out there um, are certainly aware, but it's, it's certainly a practice that um, brings immense value to that level of clarity, which is fundamental behind everything you do. What um, I was going to ask you another question there. It's just slipped my mind. Continue with your morning routine, please. Yeah, exactly. Let me just finish off real quick with the morning routine. So, like I said, uh, at 4.20, I'm done meditating. After that, I go into my office, uh, my home office, and then I look at my uh, my affirmation for the year. So, I have a little affirmation. This was actually where the question started, which is, how do I want to show up this year? What are my main goals within this year? So, I read it every single morning. Then I read my affir- my my I am's. So, I am whatever I say. So, I have a list of that. So, by doing that, it's changing my story in my state instantly and then afterwards I go I sit down and I am uh, doing my business journal so I start off with three things that I'm grateful for then I look at what is my intention for today so I place my top three intentions I look at everything that I need to do today I look at all my meetings like today in the morning I saw oh, I have a podcast interview with Lee I already projected myself I'm like how do I want to show up for this podcast how can I bring massive value to Lee and his audience here these are things that I've done even before I started. Then I structure my day. Then after that, uh, I do look at my visual uh, visualization board. So I have a, a vision board for the year. I look at that a few seconds, just let myself kind of live within all of the things that I'm, I'm manifesting and I'm wishing upon. And I feel like it's already done and it's lived towards. And then I do a little um, – mastermind so that moment in the in the morning your brain waves are such higher level so it's directly correlated with your subconscious mind so your mind is so much easier to grasp the information it's so much more creative and it works at a higher frequency hmm. so those are the moments that i do that within that i'm not looking at any social i'm not responding to any emails i'm not doing anything that is responsive i'm doing everything that has to do with creating very much in that creative one then i yeah. go to the gym for an hour and a half i do crossfit then I come back, read my book for like 10, 15 minutes, depending on what my schedule is, and then usually get ready by 8.30. I'm in the office usually 
coaching clients or preparing the content or um, several meetings that I have and just the day started off essentially. That's how it goes. I love it. It's pretty full on um, <laughs> for a lot of people. Getting up at four, um, that'd be something yeah, quite quite crazy to be doing. But um, certainly it seems to be people with um, you know that high-level success and, and success in whatever you want to relate to it. I, I never like to say success because sometimes people think massive wealth or money. Um, but it's about being happy in life, you know. That's how I sort of define success. So, and that routine is relevant for anyone. Um, what about a, a nightly routine? Because I've, I've found that uh, for me uh, very important, and it wasn't something that I started out. I started out with a morning routine, and again, that's always evolving and and, and fine tuning. But um, what about a nightly routine for yourself? Spot on, Lee. Great question because it's yin and yang. There isn't one without the other. You're not going to wake up at 4 a.m. if you're not going to go to bed at a certain time. I don't go to bed at midnight or like 1 a.m. and then wake up at 4. And it's just not plausible. I go to bed early. So you have to have a solid night routine. Hmm. My night routine essentially is a lot more simpler, but there's still some structure towards it. Essentially, 60 minutes to 30 minutes before I go to bed, I have no electronics. So no computer, no work. No phone, no uh, TV, and so on and so forth. Now, what do I do during that time? I sit down and I meditate once again. So I meditate twice a day, 15, 20 minutes. After that, I uh, actually I read my book before meditating. Then I meditate. Then I go to bed. Usually, I go to bed pending if we're summertime or wintertime. Obviously, in the winter, I sleep earlier because the sunlight is just less present. So your melatonin and your serotonin uh, levels are extremely changed. Mm. Uh, so usually in the winter, I sleep anywhere between 8 to 8.30. And in the summer, it could go to 9 and 9.30 when the sun kind of goes down. And I always wake up at 4 a.m. essentially, Monday to Friday. Yeah, love it. Yeah. You got cheat days on the weekend? So yes, I do have cheat days. But even within those cheat days, it's kind of it's kind of high level because if you wake up at 4 a.m. every single weekday, for me waking up in the morning, like sleeping in is 6 a.m. because I get that two extra hours of sleep and I'm like, yeah, I'm super fired up. And usually Saturday, Sundays, I still have my rituals. I still have some, a bit of work, but it's not structured. I don't place any meetings on the weekend because I don't want to be locked down. I just want to be with the flow. So if I wake up before uh, everybody, which I always do, then I'm sitting down doing some stuff that I pushed on for the during the week that it wasn't urgent, but it still needs to get done. I usually get it done on the weekend. And Sunday, I have a solid ritual as well, which I prepare my week. I look at what I did the previous week. I look at what I went what went well, what I could improve upon. I set my intentions for the week. And that's usually what I do uh, Sundays, getting ready for Monday morning. Yeah, I love it. Um, it it's a very hard thing to break once you start getting up, but uh, certainly at 4 o'clock, <laughs> Very difficult not to get up at that time, even on the days that you want to stay in bed. So it becomes um, something that you then have to force that routine into your weekends too. But yeah, perhaps a little bit unstructured. Um, you, you find, I mean, you, you sound like a highly energetic, hyperactive, yeah. go, go, go sort of guy. Um, and yeah. certainly that piece with meditation has probably helped that. But I assume you probably run into these battles where you're just always going, you're always doing and perhaps you don't get that time and you've probably trained yourself to, to get the time, but originally maybe no time to, to stop, to, to take a breath, um, and perhaps that has created a lot of stress in your life. How have you? Is there anything that you've done differently to help you deal with that, that hyper level of activity um, to you know, not only give you that focus of where you're going but also to help you manage your stress? That 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 is so spot on, Lee. Honestly, that is exactly who I am and who I have always been. I've always been somebody go go go. But within that, 
if you don't have that balance, like I'm talking about high performance, I'm not just talking about business. Like my, you have to have this balance within your life and balance is not 50, 50 balance is whatever you want it to be within the journey that you are within your life. Like right now I'm a single guy. So I have a lot more time for business. Once I get married, have kids and all that stuff, there, there's a structure that has to change. So my balance percentage wise is going to change. So what do I do to control that? Like I said, meditation has been a huge part, but before that, my main thing has always been sports, which I still do every single day. For me, I have to at least get one hour of solid like workout in to start off my day. And if there's days that I don't do it, I feel it. I feel that I'm more mm. agitated, I feel that uh, I am reacting instead of responding to situations. And if I don't meditate, I feel that same thing as well. So that's how I, I utilize it. We talked about our like my, my hyperactivity and my energy, and it helps me work immense amount of hours and just be always at a high level. But at the same time, it could be counterintuitive if you don't know how to utilize it. So those are the tricks that I've utilized within my life to kind of deal with that. Yeah, no, they're, they're very valuable um, hacks, I guess, or tricks. The, um, I mean, I guess, and this is just a thought, but um, I really find that uh, when you are that sort of busy person, you, you tend to take on more than perhaps is necessary. Have you found that? Yes. So here's the thing. It, I, I love that because as a high performer, you do take on more, but that's not necessarily bad because I rather take on more and decide how to control it then get thrown into more. Now, I don't know if that's kind of makes sense. Let me just unpack this a bit more. If I'm taking on more, then I know what to do to juggle that in a proper way. And for me, main thing has been is looking at the priorities and looking at what I need to delegate and so on and so forth. Yeah. The reality matter, depending what your goals and ambitions are, you are going to take more. Like if, you're, if your goal is to be a CEO, before being a CEO, you were probably the employee and you had so much more free time. And at that moment when you were an employee and you had more free time, you still thought you were busy. But now that you're a CEO, you look at it, you're like, oh my God, I have a lot less time if I compare it back in the day, but it's a gradual level of going up. So you just have to be aware of, listen, it's good to take on more as long as you know what to do with it, how to structure it, how to prioritize and how to delegate certain things. So if you have yeah. the proper system in place, it's all about systemizing your businesses. Mm. If you have the proper system in place, you could take on so much more, but taking on more as well doesn't mean you're disconnecting from your spirituality, from your well-being. Because if you're just going, 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 you're going to hit a wall. And that happens as an entrepreneur if you're not aware and you're not in tune with yourself. Like for me, there's a, like legit every single year. Now with COVID, it was a bit more tough. But every single year, I take six to eight weeks off in vacation. And some people are like, yo, Chris, that's a lot of vacation. I'm like, yeah, but I need it because I'm always full out. And if I don't take that moment of break, I know that it's not going to help me out and I'm not going to be working at my fullest potential. So you just have to be aware of your body, listen to it because it, it tells you what you need to learn and know. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. The, um, yeah, that, the finding that balance is, is absolutely important. But again, I think it comes down to that, that piece on clarity and, and knowing where your attention needs to lie. And that really helps to cipher out those things that even though you want to take on more, but perhaps you, you shouldn't. Um, and that'll help you strengthen up in those areas that are core to, to whatever it is you're doing. Um, Chris, lot, lots to talk about, mate. High energy, love it. Um, where can people find out and connect with you more and, and take on a little bit more from you? Absolutely. So-
So the best place essentially is just follow me on social at Christopher Dedean. So I guess everything will be linked up. My family name is D-E-D-E-Y-A-N. The best place if you guys want to get more tricks and tips about like entrepreneurship, personal growth, and that peak performance mindset, I'm going to suggest you guys to go check out my YouTube channel. So it's uh, youtube.com slash Christopher Dedean. And that's the best place to go about it. If you guys are interested in anything that has to do with me speaking or coaching, you guys can go check out my website, ChristopherDedean.com and all information is there and it'll be my pleasure to serve you guys and bring massive value to you your audience or your team members that's so cool guys i'll stick all the links in the show notes um chris thanks so much for coming on again really a great pleasure to talk to you we likewise thank you very much for waking up early for me i know in australia it's a different time zone from from uh, me being in the east side so thank you for that and it was a true pleasure speaking to you as well oh good mate guys check it out at thehiddenwire.com until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden white this is the hidden white my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon